All right. It's uh, Brendan with Evoke Bike and Patrick with Evoke Bike. We are back for number two, kind of talking about all the metrics. And we're going to keep a timer to keep us honest. It's already going. We've got 24 minutes. Uh, Patrick, why don't you kick it off in what we want to go over? What are the, what are the highlights that people are going to learn from this call? So, I mean, we went pretty surface of what the terms we're going to talk about are in the last one. Uh, but I thought we could get a little bit more uh, individual specific. So like what, what is going to be the trade-off if I work on my FRC and my sprint all the time? How about if I do VO2 max or what if I work, I'm just like stuck on stamina. Like, so just a little bit more in the ballpark of like very specific expectations. Because if you, I mean, the whole point of last episode is if you work on one thing, odds are something else is going to get a little bit worse, at least in that general time frame of while you're working on it. Yeah. So let me ask you, because I think we'll start maybe with, in my mind, is the easiest one for people to understand is what do you think, who's training PMAX FRC? And then I think this is a very, and at least in my head, easier concept to grasp. You train your sprint. It's kind of obvious, like everyone heard the example, Tony Martin's not training a sprint. If you don't know who Tony Martin is, he's a time trialist, best in the world, or one of. Um, if you train only FTP time trials, you're probably not going to have a great sprint. Um, where do you think the, you know, well, let me ask you, who do you think should be training for a sprint? Who should have like a ton of sprint training? I mean, what, how, what would you, you're more on the, athlete side of being able to be a sprinter than me so i don't even think about it that much um i do some training for it but mine's more fartlek ish uh what, what's your kind of take on that i want to call it a lump i mean frc and sprinting in together as like anaerobic focused training sure um, and i mean if, if you're gonna sprint for a win you have to have some amount of sprint right but if you're a if you're a crit racer and you're just training your sprint and you're not finishing crits, like do you need to be training your sprint? Probably not. You need to be training what's getting you to the point of the race where you're actually in a race. Um, so, but you know, a sprinter trains their sprint. A track rider trains their sprint. Um, the anaerobic capacity thing, you know, everybody needs some of it, but it's you have to make a decision is of can you afford to give it up and i think that's part of where wko5 is so cool because you do a few tests and you can kind of understand exactly what you can afford to give up on or what you're super deficient at mm -hmm. but you know if you're trying to be uh if you're trying to get better at your 40k tt obviously you're not going to do sprints you know the the more you build your anaerobic capacity, the more anything past 20 minutes is going to hurt. I mean, you're going you're gonna to say, I'm on a steady effort. I'm doing my FTP work. And if you've been practicing sprints and 30-second efforts, you're going to get 15, 20 minutes in, and the, the burn is going to just rock your world because you've been building your anaerobic battery, and so you're, you're running hot all the time. I think we probably have most cyclists out there are probably saying to themselves, well, shoot, I'm kind of like the road racer, Graham Fondo gravel guy, but I can't win out of a group of six because I can't sprint. 
the recommendation I would give to them is since there's no rate, I mean, you can get a lot of sprint training in like, you know, your weekend practice rides where there's hot spots, you know, cause that's super beneficial. If there is a bunch of town line sprints, you have like, you know, eight finish lines, practice the craft of knowing when to launch your sprint, where to position yourself for the sprint. All of that matters just as much as your sprint Watts. And then you're going to get eight solid efforts in that's, pretty much all you're going to absorb from a sprint training session. Um, so use your weekend rides, use the intensity of the ride as a way to train. Um, you know, I wouldn't go blow yourself up in the first hour because that's just not going to be realistic for a lot of cyclists. What do you kind of have people do that are in that boat of, Hey, I'm going to do more road races or even so like, even if they're doing crits, Hey, I'm doing crits. I can, you know, I can make the break. I can't win the sprint. Um, where do they decide to do sprint training or is it just like get what you can where you can let's focus on max aerobic vo2 max and building your engine with ftp stuff yeah so um for the aerobic focused athlete the road racer uh the group rider the fondo rider you're gonna feel like you can sharpen up I, i guess what i could say is that i think guys oftentimes we'll have a lot of benefit by just a tiny bit of that work mm-hmm. by bringing a little bit of anaerobic capacity, kind of sharpening the sword, as is traditionally said, like you get a little bit goes a long, long way. So um, doing the race specific stuff on the, on the group ride um, openers, you know, working openers in like really sharp openers into a rest week as time went off and, do that just so they get a little bit of that work but three four five of these sessions and guys are like man my ftp is going up because if you've been working on vo2 max and ftp or ftp and and then all of a sudden you start you do a few sets of really sharp sessions and your anaerobic strength goes up you're gonna you're gonna feel a little bit of improvement in that you're gonna you know when you're going hard for you know 10 to 15 minutes you're gonna feel like oh man okay i got I'm getting better, but really if your aerobic balance is, is going to be shifting a little bit as, as you get further and further to longer durations. Um, I think that got confusing there. I even want clarification myself because if someone's doing sprint training, they might see if some, a lot of people now have WKO, sometimes people do sprint training and then they see their FTP and WKO go down because their FRC went up and they're like, wait a minute, what's going on? Or, I think maybe what I draw from it is when I do like VO2 max stuff, I feel like I got a bump in FTP simply because I think it's the mental thing of like, you just went from going really hard for five minutes. Now doing 15 minutes of FTP is not that bad. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that what you were talking about or what's your. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so what I'm thinking of is, you know, the um, the WK five contributions chart. Mm-hmm. right as you raise your anaerobic strength you're gonna have a little bit more anaerobic i mean that dial moves quickly for an aerobic athlete for somebody who's focused year-round so a track racer who's doing more and more sprints is maybe not going to feel that gain of aerobic power but a roadie is going to feel that little bit extra contribution as they are as they're pushing you know in the five to ten to fifteen minute range where there's still a significant anaerobic contribution of you know, seven imagine if you put 70 watts 
onto your FTP or onto your VO2 max, you'd be like, dang, I got a crazy improvement, but really uh, that's honing your anaerobic. Okay. Yeah. Because for me, I'm still getting at five minutes, I'm getting 75 Watts anaerobic. Exactly. And it's, I'm getting 37. Yeah. So that model kind of illustrates like how, if you just, if you just improve your anaerobic strength, you're going to be like, man, I, I'm pushing, you know, that's all things being equal and, and being perfectly rested. I never thought about that. That's interesting. Because I think so much of kind of what I was talking about in the one before where this guy, I was talking to him in a, was it a cat four question? Yeah, I think so. Of, you know, he was like, well, what about my anaerobic recharge in a five minute effort? You know, and I more look at it as like, geez, you're 75, you're 70% to 80% aerobic then. Like the recharge doesn't matter that much, but it still is watts. Um, so I don't think the like the recharge is as big of a thing, but like you're saying, it's still a contribution for sure. So yeah. that's interesting. Well, let's talk then. That's I think this is a good segue with and to check in on the time. 15 minutes. Most people, I would say, because of it's the talkable metric, FTP, it's an important thing to improve. It's your overall engine. You know, everybody has a way to test it, and there's 80 ways to test it now. Um, while VO2 max probably doesn't get as much love because it's harder to talk about and like discuss with your friends at the gas station when you're drinking a Coke and who's faster based on metrics. And I say that tongue in cheek. Um, what do you think is, how do we kind of want to relate this to which athlete, like who's focusing on that? And it's, so I think actually Tony Martin is, is a good kind of hypothetical to talk about because Tony Martin is obviously a time trialer. Um, he's as good as he is because he does only time trials. So he's intentionally sacrificed all of his sprinting ability, even though he's got significant sprinting ability. He's a big guy. He's got a huge amount of muscle and anaerobic strength, but he's, trained in such a way that that's just made his threshold stronger and stronger and stronger because he can afford to give up that because it's his specialty and because he's got all that power. He's not trying to win a sprint. And that's why you like, you can't always be everything. <laughs> um, not all at once. No, definitely not. I mean, yeah, like, well, we brought up in the first episode, like, well, I mean, maybe I can, I can just train this, but everything gets better. But that's just because if you're training one way and, and then something completely different gets better, it's just because you're so far in that category away from like your current genetic potential or however you want to mm-hmm. like what you're capable of. So I think the one thing then is, you know, athletes will grow their FTP. They kind of start, the gains aren't there as much anymore. So it's like, okay, let's do a VO2 max block. And if they're new, they can't do a ton of VO2 max. It just crushes them. Um, Once they get someone to their belt, you know, they raise that aerobic ceiling, they go back and they do more FTP stuff. And for the people using like optimized intervals, you're looking at the intensive aerobic recommendations. Maybe if you don't have the mental grit right now to go do if it says like 30 minutes and it's like dude you want they want me to do two to three of these and you just might not have the time maybe you're splitting that in half or you know fiddling with that in some point um 
how do you think people looking, you know, we've got different types of events here, crits, gravel, Zwift, and road racing. I think the crit racers, a lot of times when I talk to them about like, you still need to work on FTP stuff. This is not just sprinting out of corners because if you're in a crit and you're just the one you see, you think of a crit as sprinting out of corners, that means you're just in the pack. You're not racing to win. We want to get you stronger. So you're the one making attacks, bridging to the winning group. Um, you know, that's a lot of max aerobic stuff. That's a lot of FTP driving high power. Where would you maybe see some differences or how could we guide people that are watching this? If you're doing crits, gravels, whiff, or road racing, you know, yeah, that's tough. It's tough, I mean, right? Without just saying like, Hey, go, maybe, we, you know, is it really, do you think then it's event specific or it kind of goes back to what we've always been saying in like five of these now, it's event specific and what's your weakness or do you maybe want to increase your strength? Like if you've got really good six minute power in your power profile, you're thinking, okay, last three laps of this crit, I can get away and I can stay away. Um, that's going to be tough for the cat one or two listening. Cause you got to be going over 32 miles an hour, but for a cat three that sees, Hey, I've got this, you know, silver bullet here. How do I attack that? you know, I would say get super specific with it, like double down on your strength and, and wait as long as possible, like be cognizant of the groups going up the road, but know like your number one way of winning this is turning it into a six minute effort. And then yeah. how do you, how do you create that race? It's really, and I've actually, we've never talked about this, but that's how we think about races. And this is a, a whole other podcast in itself of like, when I would race by myself and do a crit, I'm like, how can I turn this into a time trial? You know, mm -hmm. and you're probably thinking like, how do I turn this into a one minute final uphill sprint or like, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. so you're always trying to play, play it to your strength. Yeah. But you know, that's, it's, I totally, I, I know what you're saying and to, to, to apply it to another athlete or somebody other than us. Cause like, I know you and you know me, right. It, it, it would depend. I mean, so you say, okay, am I a slightly bigger rider? Is it, am I more in the favor of raw Watts? Can I go really fast or do I just have a really quick turn of speed? Can I just like pop it two corners to go? Mm -hmm. If, you know, if you have, if you have huge six minute power to your category, um, in watts per kilogram, it might mean something different if you're a little a little person versus a very a very large person, a very large person. Eventually, there's going to be this crossover between speed versus like ability to just change pace really quickly, and then all of a sudden, you're good watts per kilogram on a flat. Like it's different than if it's a three minute road race climb where you're going to just you know we're going to be in trouble but we're a little bigger. So, you know, we can put our head down and go a little faster. So you got to weigh all these different things. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I guess the other thing with, with FTP, it's, it's unique because especially if you think of it in terms of WKO five rules, you know, you have FTP, which is your maximum steady state, but you also have your time to exhaustion. So if you have a FTP with a, uh, a very long time to exhaustion maybe you can survive a 90 minute crit better than somebody who's just like a newer rider who's really good who only has to race a 30 minute race but they don't they haven't developed their actual aerobic power that much you know maybe they actually have a high anaerobic driver or um 
a high VO2 max is something that's really pushing that FTP up, but they don't have the practice. They don't have the repetitions to have a long, a longer TTE. So it just, I mean, it's case by case. That's, I guess that's why we use WKO5. So mm -hmm. we can intake an athlete and say, okay, this is, this might be your silver bullet because a lot of times like without, I would have never understood my strengths and weaknesses if I hadn't been using WKO5. Mm -hmm. It is very interesting too, because with all the metrics, it's so easy. I've got a guy that we just did a, uh, he did Leadville last year, uh, did it 920-ish, and his big goal was to do it if it was going to happen this year, sub nine. And the biggest thing was like, we did VO2 max work, we did FTP stuff, we got in longer rides. It was amazing this past weekend. So in nine hours and 20 minutes, if I recall correctly, he did 4,500 kilojoules. Um, it was about 410 TSS. He did an hour faster this past weekend. So he did eight, it was four miles shorter, four miles longer, about 1,000, 1,500 feet less of elevation. And granted, he's not at uh, 9,000 feet climbing. So that definitely makes a difference. But in 815, he did 300 more kilojoules, 70 more TSS, and yeah, work in TSS. And it's like, that's such a difference in a year to like just do more work, but we don't yeah. really talk about that. And that, and so like, you know, we had Kansas listed here. There's so many things that we talk about, but then there's all these like little things where he didn't have crazy huge FTP swings or sometimes his FTP would, his FRC would go up and his FTP would be down a little bit. Then we do more FTP stuff and his FTP would go up. And so like, he's just getting stronger, but it's not like it's a big metric that slaps you in the face. So even when we go through and we go through this first one and we talk about all of these, you still need to just make sure you're applying it to your race. Like, are you getting faster at what you're really trying to be faster at? Um, there's a video we have out there. It's like build your FTP and get dropped because maybe you don't have repeatability. Maybe you don't have, you know, and he can do now more efforts of the same wattage more times. Way more important in my mind for a race like 100%. Leadville where, dude, the efforts are just going to wear you down. I don't care what your five minute power is. I want to know how many times you can do that 40 times, like, cause you're going to be climbing your face off. And it's, um, so it was just a really interesting, like one-off case study that I looked at. And when, when I saw his ride and compared it to, to actually Leadville, I'm like, dude, this is a training ride versus your biggest race last year. Like you just, you just crushed yourself from last year. Um, it's cool to see people have those wins and to be able to go through WKO and find all that data so that they really kind of understand where it is as opposed to like, Oh, my FTP is 20 watts higher. Cool. It's like, no dude, you're way stronger. Well, being able to cover that stuff with an athlete and, and go through that with them is it's super motivating. It keeps, keeps them on track. Yeah. You know? And that's a long game. I mean, I enjoy his mentality about training. He's definitely a guy that likes training, but it's just like, you know, the number of people that will say like, how do you guys do these back-to-back -back rides? Is like, this, that doesn't get built over six months. It's just a lot of bike riding. Um, yeah. Gotta deep, love it. Deep down changes that you're, you're making by putting in the work. Yeah. You sometimes can't just be like, well, there's this number is bigger than that number. 
and therefore I got better. Like that doesn't happen. That that's not going to be, you're not gonna be able to represent that improvement with like some sort of numerical change. Mm-hmm. Well, even so, and, and we're running out of time, so we'll wrap it up in a second, but I don't want to try and uh, kind of the preview to the next one is like, you know, we want to get some specific examples. And one of the ones from mine was I was doing higher, um, like intensive aerobic 15 to 30 minute Watts earlier in the year, but I definitely wasn't as race ready. And so it's like, I could see myself being like, oh, I'm super strong. I'll have this for this many minutes, but I couldn't go as hard as many times. And so that's like, where do you find the balance and how do you find the balance? And then to get race ready for things like Tonga, I was going way harder and way harder for longer and way harder for longer for more times. But my 30 minute was down like 30 Watts. And I was just like, you got to be okay with that. It, that's not how I wasn't planning to win on a 30 minute effort. Um, mm-hmm. So it's don't let the metrics get you off course. And all of us, I don't care what athlete it is. Like when you don't have someone looking over your shoulder being like, it's okay. It can get a, be a big mind mess. And uh, you can talk yourself out of all the hard work you've done. So what are your finishing thoughts? Well, or I should say, not finishing thoughts. What's the what's a good? What would you give as a takeaway for someone watching? You, it's a good idea to try to balance what is physiologically appropriate and what is specific to your event, your style of riding, and and being aware that they're not necessarily the same exact thing all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what by getting stronger you might be shooting yourself in your foot in the foot for your desired goal but you'd be getting stronger so you have to figure out like do i want to get better at preparing for my event or do you want to get you want to get a number higher and sometimes they're compatible sometimes they're not that's a really good one i don't think i have anything to be for that but except except we did have a bullet point to plug the free analysis If, if people out there if you guys want help understanding where you're at this is literally what we talk about with people and everyone's like how is this free we're just trying to build relationships that's part of our business we are a baby in the coaching world of we've done this for a really long time but as evoke bike and what we're trying to grow with community is helping people out and then you tell your friend that hey the person looking for a coach like yeah we're running a business we're trying to get athletes on board but along the way we're happy to help you for free um there's you know we learn a lot from it too so hit us up patrick at evoke.bike brendan at evoke.bike we're happy to answer your questions the good ones turn into cat four questions check out the youtube channel check out the blog that's about it thanks for the call patrick yeah dude bye if we hit the time and we did all right nailed it nailed it (laughs) till next time Hello. Peace hey, out. baby. <laughs> See you guys. See you.